0: Welcome to Lucia Gabriella TV here on Facebook today. We start an amazing week. We have a lineup of speakers and it is Monday and we're going to be talking about sexual healing. Um, literally clarifying a lot more and understanding what sexual healing is and what it's not. And we've been having amazing juicy conversations with other uh, speakers. And uh, I'm really, really excited for all the lineup that we have this week. So today we have the incredible Lourdes Star Shower. That he, she's located in Florida, and Lourdes, she's a certified clinical hypnotherapist, and she also is the co-director of the Ecstatic Daikini Training Institute. So let's welcome Lourdes today. Hello. Hi. <laughs> <Your> Hi. <wife. laughs> Thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, and oh, we're so excited. <laughs> we're having these yummy, delicious conversations about what is sexual healing what is not. So for all of you uh, who are watching live, there's a whole, you know, a lot of questions, very important questions, and some of you may feel like, well, those questions repeat themselves, but actually um, they help us to clarify more and more. And these questions have been gathered from a whole bunch of forums that have been around and like, you know, watching and listening. So, really important questions that everybody has been um, making. So, we're really excited about having uh, Lourdes today. So, share with us, Lourdes, how you work with people, how everybody is getting to work with you.
1: Well, if somebody wants to work with me, they can just call me or email me, and we start with an introductory conversation to find out what's happening, what is happening well, what is happening that is not so good, and what their vision is in the future. And then we create an appointment and take it from there.
0: So uh, what are the people that are coming to you for it? Like what are the issues that they have having?
1: People come to me with all kinds of issues, anything you can imagine, from on the one extreme Women who are anorgasmic, meaning they've never had orgasms, or they had one once in their life, but they're really not having them, or they're only having them in certain situations with certain contacts, like by themselves, or only with a vibrator, but never with a partner. And then women who have uh, vaginismus, which is pain in the vagina. When they try to have intercourse, or even when they try to insert a tampon, Women who have vulvodynia, which means pain anywhere inside the vulva area. And women who have low libido, for whatever reason, a myriad of reasons. Or they can't emotionally connect to men. If Men come to me with some sort of erectile dysfunction, whether it's premature ejaculation or an inability to create a hard erection and sustain it. Or sometimes, again, it's the inability to find quality women that they trust or to express themselves emotionally and to be met on an intimate level by women.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Delicious work you do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So let's start with the questions. Let's start with... um, And before you answer the question, let's make sure that everybody understands that all the amazing interviews that we're having and the conversations that we're having about what is sexual healing and what is not is actually coming from different perspectives. So please take the perspective that resonates with you and the one that they don't resonate with you. Honor them, respect them, and just let them go. All right? So what is sexual healing?
1: That is such a juicy, large question question. And I'm just going to say off the bat that sexual healing is anything that brings a person into a higher ability to feel pleasure, to feel safe, to engage in sexuality and sexual pleasure, to have orgasmic ability for women, for men to be able to function in the highest way that they can imagine to stay as hard as they want, as long as they want, and then we can go into higher levels, like women who are opening to have female ejaculate, or amrita, or maybe they are currently having only clitoral orgasms by themselves, and through sexual healing they learn to have G-spot orgasms, and cervical orgasms, and whole body orgasms that move through their whole body, as pleasure all the way through into their brain and into their heart and all of their body. And then the people who are only having physical experiences. So some people can have physical sex and in the way that it's being done in the world today where people are finding themselves online and hooking up, I've had people come to me and say, I can do the hookup thing. I can have sex without really knowing somebody, but I can't engage in a relationship or I can't open up sexually when I'm in a relationship. So sexual healing is also emotional healing. Mm -hmm. So it's physical healing of issues that are medical or that are, as the person understands it, really strong inabilities physically. Also emotional issues, psychological issues, and even spiritual issues. The inability to connect the sexuality into the heart and the consciousness. So whatever level, people are at, as a healer we bring them to the next level and I call all of that sexual healing.
0: Mm. So what is not sexual healing?
1: What is not sexual healing is anything on the part of the practitioner with their own agenda. So if the practitioner is feeling especially horny and needs their needs met and brings that into the session, or if the practitioner is really dealing with a trigger or a shadow, but they're not really dealing with it, and they bring that into the session and they put that on the client. Any time that a client doesn't feel fully met, fully seen, fully held, and heard, and, and really given a container of empathy and compassion and understanding, and that the client is not really felt that the session was for them, that's not sexual healing. Mm. If a client leaves a session and they feel lighter and they feel relief and they feel more spacious and more expansive and they feel grateful, they've had some healing. If they are sort of hiding and they're feeling really icky or uncomfortable because something went on that wasn't what they wanted, it's not healing. And I can give you some examples of that because I've had people come to me and say, I went to this, it wasn't healing and I, and I am going to talk to you first on Skype to make sure I can trust you. Prime example, a woman who had wounding very, very young because she was born with her labia, her vaginal lips sealed, shut. She had three surgeries by a surgeon who did not give her anesthesia before the age of one and a half. Um, Her mother didn't really realize that that her daughter's screams of anguish were not appropriate. And she didn't realize that what the doctor was doing was inappropriate. So now there's mother betrayal, there's authority figure betrayal, there's sexual wounding. Mm -hmm. And um, as an adult, she would close off her legs. She wasn't even comfortable opening her legs to receive oral or manual pleasure from her previous boyfriends or now her husband. She went to a clinic in New York. I don't know the name and I wouldn't even give it if I did, but they told her that they had a 97% success rate on curing vaginismus, which is what they told her was her medical term. So they shamed her. They um, told her that she wasn't moving fast enough. They told her she was doing it wrong, when she wasn't opening her legs to them to stick various objects in there of, of larger sizes, uh, which is, that is treatment that physical therapists will do, but it's always done with a lot of care and a lot of compassion and at the pace of the client. Well, they, after telling her she was doing it all wrong and shaming her, they actually dropped her from the program. And that's how I understood and she understood, well, hence their success rate. If they drop the people who aren't doing it their way, then they can call them not no longer clients and they don't go into their statistics. So Mm -hmm. one of the things most important out of that for me is compassion. Empathy, really holding space for your client, really understanding that as a healer, you want to be so pure in the way that you hold space that you can actually take the place in the psychological or the psyche of that client as their healthy parent or their healthy doctor and treat them from that space. Then you can have full-scale all-around
0: healing. Hmm. I'm just gonna breathe into that because just by listening it's like I can feel the pain it's like not fun <laughs> whoa 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 and what I love about what you actually bring in is the, that actually is not just in this realm uh when it comes to you know walk how do you walk out of the session do you feel relieved do you feel light do you feel excited do you feel like you found some clarity or you feel like with more baggage and and even at a, you know, massage therapist too, you know, like sometimes you hear people saying like, you know, I actually feel like more heavy when they go to other therapies because the therapists talk, talk, talk all about them and sometimes they pour their life <laughs> into the poor client. And I'm like, no, that, that is about you. These sessions are about you. It's not about, I don't let anybody even talk. <laughs> like quiet, surrender. <laughs> so I can totally relate with that. And it's like so important for people to know the difference between like how do you walk out of a session i should give you the insight of like what actually it was healing or it's not so thank you so much for bringing that uh into into the awareness and whoa 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 (laughs) so so let's go with the next question is how do you know sexual healing is for you
1: i have a pretty broad perspective of that So I'm going to say that if you are not having high level whole body orgasms as a woman, if you're not able to have orgasms through your clitoris and your G-spot and your cervix, meaning you're one of the 70% of women who can only have orgasm in foreplay or by yourself or in some other way with a vibrator, but not with a partner, 70% 70% of women, that's the case. So um, if you're not experiencing high-level sex, that's our birthright. As a man, uh, you can really benefit from sexual healing if you are not able to last as long as you want, if your erections don't come comfortably and easily and last as long as you want them to inside of your partner. If you have such sexual inhibitions that when you and your partner come together sexually, there's a part of your brain that is really shutting you down, then sexual healing would be really beneficial. And I wanna bring in something that I just actually heard about this morning through a book I'm listening to on Audible called Come As You Are, and it's by a PhD. Uh, I'm forgetting her name in this moment, I apologize for that. But she states that there's some recent research that has come out of the Kinsey Institute which is an institute that's been around for a very long time. And what they're finding is that in the brain, you have a center that is your sexual accelerator, and a second center that is called your sexual inhibitor. So she says it's the part of you that accelerates and the part of you that puts on your, bra- your brakes. Mm-hmm. And this is in your brain. And so if a person, man or woman, has repressions, inhibitions, past bad experiences, that part of the brain that is the decelerator or the inhibitor is going to be acting more strongly than the part of the brain that is the accelerator. The part that brings them into erotic awakening and pleasure and arousal comfortably and safely and freely is being counteracted by that part of them that's wondering, is this safe? Am I going to perform? Am I going to have an orgasm? Am I going to give her an orgasm? Am I going to ejaculate prematurely? So this is all psychosomatic in a sense. And I use the term psychosomatic very broadly because my understanding is that everything is mind-body oriented. Mm -hmm. Something that has a physical component also has a mental and a psychological component. Yeah. So you're ready? It's a good idea to have sexual healing If any of those aspects
0: are not high functioning. Yeah. Love the science behind it. What's the name of the book again? (laughs) The name of the book is Come As You Are. (laughs)
1: Come As You Are. And go into my audible (laughs) and tell you the name of the author because, uh, it's not opening up for me right now. But that's Uh, (laughs) fine. She's a PhD, um, psychologist and Sex therapist who specializes in in sexuality and psychology. It's a really great new book
0: I love it. I love all that research. So how do you know it is not for you?
1: I've heard a couple of other speakers on this TV show and I'm going to differ from some of them because For instance one of them said if you're holding a lot of sexual shame then sexual healing is not for you well, in my opinion, and my belief, if you're holding a lot of sexual shame, sexual healing is for you. But don't go to somebody who's going to give you sexual genital touch on the first session or approach you sexually or come on to you or have an office that's all erotic. You know, come to somebody like me who is a counselor, a healer, a coach, and can support you in releasing that shame. So I'm going to say that how you know That sexual healing is not for you is that you are high-functioning if you're a woman you're having female ejaculate or Amrita you're having whole body orgasms you're perfectly saturated with joy at your ability to connect to the divine and have higher level orgasms Uh, if you're a man you are also functioning at a really high level. Your heart is open. You can connect to a woman with your heart as well as with your sexual energy, and you're able to bring her to the highest level orgasms for yourself and for her. Otherwise, honestly, if there's anything sexual going on, and you know to start at a safe level with somebody who's really empathic, empathetic, and compassionate, and I and I wanna articulate the difference, in case people don't know, Empathic means that they can actually feel your emotion in their body. They can actually see what is going on. They have a strongly developed intuition as well as a body awareness of what's happening. And then there's empathetic, which means somebody who's gonna listen to you and is gonna really support you in, yes, everything that's happening to you is a direct result of what's happened in your past, there's nothing wrong with you, and there's a lot of possibilities and we're gonna go at your pace. That's, that's empathetic and compassion, of course. Then anyone can start sexual healing. I have somebody who came to me who started on Skype with a psychologist because that's where she felt safe. Somebody she was never gonna encounter in her hometown somebody who was far away enough that nobody was going to know that she was seeing this person and that was separated enough from her by being on a video screen. And when she felt healthy enough to then come and find a tantric professional, that's when she found me and started with a Skype session again, just as that other woman to be really comfortable with me and make sure that it was worth the drive to come see me
0: yes yeah it's so important to have them uh, to to kind of like get a sense of the person that you're gonna work with so they can feel safe because a lot of the things that we hear about sexual healing is that the lack of trust and lack of uh, safety so so beautiful that you bring in this element about compassion empathy and sympathy uh, into the the foundation of the work beautiful so so let's go to the next question which is are there levels or stages of sexual healing
1: Absolutely. Now, somebody might come to a California healer, let's say, because some of my colleagues are in California, and the people who come to them are already taking tantra classes, Mm they have taken workshops, they've gone to pujas, where a lot of healing can take place. They're walking into that session with their presenting problem being something that's at a completely different level from, from people who come to you or to me from Florida. Yeah. And so people who come to us, to me in general, I'm assuming to you as well, have are starting at a level where they need to be met psychologically, emotionally, and, and spiritually and do the work of, of healing the trauma because many of them are coming to us with sexual trauma. So the first level is, let's heal the trauma together as a team. So even though I call myself Tantra Healer Florida, which is a name that I gave to myself about nine years ago when I was beginning to do this work, um, I still considered a team effort between myself and the client we're partnering together. So the first level, is for me to either do clairvoyant energy healing, or hypnotherapy, or chakra diagnostics and some chakra balancing and harmonization, uh, some kundalini activation to support their body in awakening, their own ability to connect, to source and self-sourcing, and to access this inter, this internal central channel that supports their awakening, and then the next level might be now we're going into the healing of the orgasmic energy or the erratic energy or the ability to express their emotions, the ability to feel comfortable expressing sound, expressing sadness, expressing fear or anger because the shutdown of those emotions can also produce the shutdown of sexual expression. And then after those levels... Are dealt with then I can go into the level of healing the actual sexual wounding that's on us on a physical and an energetic level inside the genitals yeah around the genitals
0: yeah thank you for sharing thank you for clarifying the different levels that you see in your perspective which is great that's how I feel myself like these layers that need to be addressed before you even go there, so and thank you for also uh, making the awareness that people who are in like in communities where they are really uh doing very open to tantra and pujas, and they really have like a different mindset, different awareness, like maybe they have done a lot of healing um so really really important uh to hear that. So, is genital work a part of sexual healing? If yes, at what stage of the process, beginning or advanced stages?
1: Yeah, so I'm going to speak from my own perspective, of course, on this. And my perspective is that it is at the advanced stages of the people that I see, because, as I just mentioned, we want to heal the other levels, the the trauma, the psychological, the emotional, the chakra components, the energetic components, before we get to any actual genital contact. Uh, There are people who are erotic practitioners, sacred intimates, and they may also be operating at a really high level. So I have a lot of respect for them. I'm not going to say that it's wrong for sexual healers to be operating from the perspective of expanding their erotic ability and expanding their ability to feel pleasure. I'm just gonna say that from the perspective of the people that I'm seeing, who of course come specifically to me because they read my website, they understand that I can support all of these levels of healing, that genital touch would be much later. In the case of men, I actually don't even provide genital touch. So no matter what men come to me for, I am going to offer them first these other possibilities in the ways that I work. If they are dead set on going to somebody who's gonna give a whole body massage or what is sometimes referred to as a sacred hand job, I can refer those people out if they're not willing to see me because in their mindset, it's only that that they're looking for. Um, And I have had feedback that people have come back to me with powerful results. Uh, But I'm certainly not going to send somebody there unless they have the training to support whatever it is that the client is presenting with. In the case of women, I do do genital touch, and I will only do it once we've already set the other stages or the foundations of healing, even if they come to me saying, I, they'll call me up and they'll say, you know, I read that yoni massage is this Superpower, you know, it's almost like they're looking for the magic pill Yeah, and they said or they heard that a yoni massage is the magic bullet to heal Whatever is showing up. So I've had women show up in my office saying um, I need a yoni massage and when we explore it further They need some healing on what showed up in their daughter's world in their daughter's sexuality, or they've needed some healing in their own psyche, in their ability to feel safe with a man so that they can have orgasms with a male partner, not just by themselves. Uh, Myself, as a female practitioner, if I go in and I just give a yoni massage, and they have an orgasm, say, I am teaching their psyche that they can have an orgasm at the hands of a female practitioner who's highly trained. That may or may not now correlate to their ability to have an orgasm with a man or even at their own hands. So it's my job when I do genital touch for healing that I'm creating, number one, their the training and their understanding of this is how your yoni, your sacred space in Tantra, deserves and needs to be slowly opened, teaching them about their erectile tissue, their arousal anatomy, teaching them about the fact that I'm coming in as a doula or a midwife supporting you in birthing your sexuality, sexual energy, but it's a teamwork. So we're gonna excavate, we're gonna explore together. And then we're gonna be looking for the spots that are numb or painful and Numbness just means they can feel pressure, but there's no pleasure a lot of women don't realize that if there's something inside of their yoni Whether it's a finger or a penis. It's supposed to feel really good Not just at the orgasm But the entire time something is inside of them and part of that is training part of that is education because that's what's really missing in our culture Yeah, so we're mapping Is there lack of pleasure? Is there pain? And then we're supporting energetically with my finger and their consciousness working together to support the releasing of the memory. Sometimes they might need to scream or yell at the person who perpetrated them in the first place, who caused the wounding. Sometimes they may just need to take deep breaths and cry, and not really know what's in that spot, but they know that they're being held, and they're being given permission to cry until I feel a release underneath my finger, and they also feel a release, and eventually, hopefully, we're coming to pleasure. By the time we get to their G-spot, ideally, they've already softened up a little bit in the entire vulva, or the entire inside of the vagina, And then in the G spot, we're also still looking for, is there pain? Is there numbness? Is there pleasure? Is there pleasure, but only in certain areas? And what kinds of strokes bring them pleasure? So it's part healing, part educational, Mm -hmm. part mind body connection, part training, part goddess initiation into the understanding that they deserve to be pleasured in this way. They deserve to be slowly awakened and opened like a flower or like a butterfly coming out of a cocoon Mm. instead of forced. And so all of this is part of the genital touch once I do get there.
0: Beautiful, so what I think I'm hearing is the aspect of like the rewiring and re-education and like relearning of how, you know, how to really be that sexual with your genital self. It's like beautiful. And what I love that you pointed out is um, what you mentioned at the beginning that it is so important for you to have these uh, stages of the healing process and not offer, especially to women the first time, because if you bring that person into this ecstatic, you know, joy and ecstasy, like we actually like um, facilitating this belief that, oh, I cannot do it, my partner cannot do it, only this person can do it and then create an attachment, which is one of the most dangerous things that we can even create is an attachment um energy in there and i love that you actually create that space where is more of that empowering aspect for themselves and for them to really own it and like and and you know come from within and then really free themselves from whatever it is holding them back from their sexuality so they can actually enjoy their sexuality with their partner. so thank you for pointing that out it's really really important um For everyone who is watching today and maybe watched the recording, um, really, really interesting point. Attachment is, I feel like, in our field is really dangerous. (laughs) We don't catch it on time. So,
1: you know, I wanna uh, say one more thing about that because I did used to work generally with men. And I stopped as an agreement with my beloved that I've been with for five and a half years now because he could feel the sexual energy even if he wasn't anywhere near my office. And so we recreated. I recreated for myself how am I going to do this work, specializing more with women, asking for guidance on how to really heal men's issues without genital touch. But going back to the time when I did do genital touch on men, for me it was really important as primarily an educator and a healer that I didn't create attachment with with men. So if they came to me for a whole body massage in order to have a whole body orgasm in my presence, which we are able to do as high level practitioners, I would always let them know that, yes, I can give you that experience, but how would you like to be supported so that you can become your own master, Mm -hmm. so that you can Mm -hmm. have practices that you can do at home, so that you can create your own whole body orgasm and you can support a woman in having a whole body orgasm and that's classic tantra training Mm -hmm. tantra breath practices tantra training that comes from the Taoist techniques of contractions so that you support with your imagination your contraction and the breath coming up through your body and coming back down or in the case of a a man wanting to have a non-ejaculatory orgasm sending the breath up into the sky as you do contractions, as you visualize yourself ejaculating or having an orgasm through your body. All of that is something that a highly trained sexual practitioner can provide with her hands. And my challenge to the people that I train is, can you also become a teacher? Can you trust that clients are gonna keep coming to you without you needing to develop dependency. Mm-hmm. That the only way that they can reach these high levels is in your hands.
0: Yeah, and can you yeah.
1: support them in even bringing it home to their partner? So that's, yes. that's the level I like to play in.
0: Yes, the codependency, codependency is really uh, really important to address. So you Next question is, if having sex with a client considered sexual healing sacred prostitutes? If yes, should be offered at the beginning of the journey of events. I know that you answered a little bit about it. Uh, if you want to go over it quickly, that's okay. You want to go a little deeper. Go, I'll go for over it.
1: One that I didn't go over. And that is, there are women and men who are trained as sexual surrogates. If they are trained as sexual surrogates, they have had a lot of training on how, and it's psychological and emotional. As well as sexual training and there are also people who like I mentioned in passing connect to the divine and are able to channel what that client needs in that moment somebody who's operating at a really high level as a sacred intimate in other words they are providing the experience of sexuality for somebody that they have noticed in really Evaluating and screening and looking at this client. This is what is going to take this client to the next level I'm not going to condemn that By the same token Here's what I'm going to speak against and that is that place where you have your discussion with boundaries with your client and your client says has a complete understanding that you're not going to go into sexual intercourse mm-hmm. and your client mm-hmm. tells you, I don't want to go into sexual intercourse. And then in the process of giving them a genital massage for healing, your client becomes highly aroused, mm-hmm. highly erotically turned on. And they say, and the, and the practitioner says, would you like me, would you like to have me inside of you? and in the moment they're taken over. It's almost like alcohol on a date, getting really drunk, being taken over by sexual desire without any of your inhibitions, and saying yes in that moment. Mm -hmm. Later on, the morning after, they wake up and they say, I told that guy, I did not want him to penetrate me, and he seduced me, he turned me on so much that I ended up saying yes. That's an absolute no-no in my viewpoint. Mm -hmm. So in my viewpoint, if the boundary is established in the beginning of the session that there is going to be no sexual intercourse and the client is saying, please enter me, please enter me, please enter me, then the practitioner at that point needs to be saying, but I promised you that I wouldn't. So let's finish the session in the way that we discussed. You're gonna get a lot of healing connected to my heart Connected to my consciousness, connected to my healing fingers, and I don't need to enter you. But in a future session, if that's what you desire, we can discuss it and we can make that a part of the boundaries. Then I'm going to say it's okay. And only then.
0: Yeah. Bravo to all of that. Definitely. It's like the aspect of all the neurochemicals that are happening, that being released in that session is like we're bringing clients into these ecstatic, um, drugs <laughs> like naturally nobody and trying to change boundaries right within it is like it could be very dangerous uh, thank you for pointing that out um, yes 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 to all of that and uh, another thing that I feel that you know sometimes for all of viewers that are watching um you know sometimes practitioners I always sometimes feel like they have that guilt that they haven't followed the client because sometimes they you know the insecurities and the shadow that the practitioner themselves right like well the client was asking me for it right and that's the and sometimes like the newbies or whatever or they haven't had that you know strong code of ethic within themselves or they're not strong in their boundaries themselves that they attract that kind of experiences in their life and and sometimes I feel like a, a practitioner will feel obligated to do it because they don't want the client to be disappointed because the client will walk away like with the face like disappointed and whatever. So it's a, such an interesting, uh, interesting thing that I feel like people must have, they have to be aware that, uh, the boundaries must be integral. Um, if you want to say something about that. Yeah.
1: So in, in my worldview, a practitioner has to be. Impeccable in their boundaries, and part of that means that I am here 100% for the session. There's nothing that I'm here to receive from them except payment and respect and respect of my boundaries. Yes. And that being said, they are not here. My my client is not here to meet my need for approval, my need for doing a good job my emotional needs for having somebody love me or like me, my need to have sex, uh, my own sexual pleasure felt and, and moved, or my shadow to come up and them to support me in my shadow. There's never a give and take. It's always they are my client and I am their practitioner. Mm-hmm. And I will sometimes do trades with colleagues. And whether it's a colleague who is also a Tantra healer or who's an, another energy healer. Uh, and when I do this, both of us are really aware of who's getting the session right now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the person who is receiving the session, it is 100% about them. And then when we flip. And I'm the client it's a hundred percent about me and that's the kind of boundaries that we're able to hold as solid practitioners
0: yeah really important really important and this conversation is really important for everyone who's watching who's looking for sexual healing or many of the ones are watching our viewers actually are in the field and they desire more clarification in their work and like more honoring more respect so these are this is something that I have been watching and seeing a lot, this whole conversation. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, in general healing work, should orgasm be a part of it or expect it?
1: Yeah, so what I like to tell my clients is that high-level orgasm is the ultimate eventual endpoint. It is not the goal of this session. So first of all, orgasm is not even the goal of tantric sexuality. In tantric tantric sexuality, the goal is expressing love, receiving love, giving pleasure, receiving pleasure, expanding the intimate space between us, expanding the heart connection, the energetic connection, the passion, the third eye and the crown connection between two people. When the goal of tantric lovemaking becomes the giving of the female orgasm or the giving of the male orgasm or the pounding of the two together, <laughs> it's no longer tantra. So let's apply that to a sacred sexual healing session. When I go into doing... When I go into trying to give my client an orgasm, or my client goes into the trying to have an orgasm, then we are both in this space of cutting off our flow, cutting Mm -hmm. off our ability to be in the moment, cutting off the energy communication between us, and we're both going into doing, which denotes, and you can see what happens in my shoulders as I exaggerate, and in my face, But it's essentially a cutting off of what we're really here to accomplish. What we're really here to accomplish is support with awakening the energetic channel, support with awakening the physical pleasure, support with awakening the rewiring of the brain to the body. Because some women can actually have a physical orgasm. Their partner will say, but you had an orgasm. I saw it. I felt it. And she'll say well I didn't feel anything Mm -hmm. or what's going on there is that there's a disconnection between it within the nerve pathways to the brain that are telling her this is pleasurable and so if I am going to support all of this rewiring and this re-education and this um, re-awareness and this expansion I need to say the goal is not to have orgasm, and the goal is not not to have orgasm. The goal is to be so present in every moment that we can become aware of where the healing needs to take place and create the expansion into healing for that client. Yeah, definitely. Even, and, and I'm going to say, and I'm speaking now from the perspective of a colleague of mine and also from the perspective of the way in which we train practitioners in my training that I train with a partner who still does do Lingam massage on men but not always and not before doing many other things that we even teach them that sexual healing on men can also be about expanding the pleasure in the tissues, releasing the trauma in the tissues teaching how to have an orgasm without ejaculation which might mean that the man doesn't have an ejaculation in the session and so even in a session where men are led to believe in the current culture of whole body massage or sacred hand
0: job that the goal is orgasm it may not be yeah going for that goal sometimes they missed the whole journey <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Well said. <laughs> so can sexual healing not involve genital work, sexual erotic massage or copulation? I know that we cover a little bit, let's just get more clear on it.
1: Yeah, so copulation, I know you've said it before, but means actually insertion and sex. Um so absolutely. You know, sexual healing in this time of very high level repression in america can actually involve re-education and the support of releasing the shame and the guilt that the culture puts on us the the re-expansion of the understanding that a sexual experience is meant to be whole body through all the chakras a heart expansion a brain expansion and a cosmic expansion and a lot of it can be counseling can mm-hmm. be on chakra diagnostics what's going on in their energy centers that is keeping them from being able to be as free as comfortable as possible in their sexual experience uh, hypnosis which is a hypnotic regression in the way that I do it is taking the client with their subconscious mind Uh, Leading but together we're going on a journey back to the initial events event or events that caused the current issue Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the client can go back into a past life they can go back between lives they can go back into the womb or any time in this lifetime and We can heal sexual trauma that wasn't even caused by a sexual experience I'm going to give you an example of that So one of my clients was a man He was in his 70s. He was having erectile dysfunction. His girlfriend that he was hoping to marry had just broken up with him. And he also happened to be a tennis pro, a teacher at a tennis club. And we did a hypnotic regression. He never had this memory until this regression. And it was him sitting on his father's lap amongst a group of people, friends of his father's, wanting to get his father's attention grabbing onto his father's glass of water, and his father resisting him and the water hitting his father in the face, which then caused his father to throw him off of his lap. That moment caused his erectile dysfunction and his arthritis that showed up later in adulthood. The way we work with this is we have the client within the experience of the hypnotic regression recreate the story. So they use their imagination and create an experience or a scene that is really generous for themselves. And where they come out the victor, we rewire the memory patterns, and we create a whole new story that the person is then able to carry into their life. Was this his only sexual healing? No. We did a lot of training using Taoist techniques, to support his control of his Kegel, his ability to contract the muscle so that he can hold a stronger erection, his ability to move the energy through his body so that he could have an orgasm without ejaculating. And all of this training combined, energetic healing, hypnotherapy, I think it was three or four sessions playing much better On the tennis court arthritis had disappeared and that wasn't part of the session because he didn't bring that in to what he wanted to heal it was actually a benefit of the healing at that moment and he got the girlfriend back and they got married and I'm not making this up I'm not giving you like a miracle story to make it up because miracles happen when we really do the solid thorough work of bringing
0: in the real healing yeah you're you working with the core of the problem that is presenting everything else. So beautiful. Yeah. So let's go into the question that is the most juicy question in this whole series is the one actually created the whole series itself in the sexual healing community. So what are the code of ethics sexual healers should have with clients, even for those who offer sexual work as part of it?
1: Yeah. So a primary, and I know you've heard this before, first do no harm. And I'm going to elaborate on what that means, that the needs of the client are primary, that you're really holding space for the client and their needs. You're watching their body language, the movement of their eyes, their breath. You're watching their safety. You are separate from, and you're, well, let's stay with this, you are completely involved in the support of that client feeling safe with you, providing the process that they need to have healing, a healing partnership take place in your client. You have separated your own needs, which I mentioned before, but I'm gonna add to that, that a healer needs to be doing their own shadow work. They need to be going to healers, They need to be having trades or paying higher level healers so that they're not walking into a session with their own shadows. Mm -hmm. They need Mm -hmm. to be releasing any energy that they picked up from the prior clients, which as empaths we can do. We can actually inadvertently pick up a client's negative energy as we move it through our own bodies in order to be healed. Mm -hmm. So we need to learn really solid techniques to not allow their energy to stick in our body or to even come into our body rather than just moving through us as we are a clear channel. And we also need to clear the energy after the session of the client. So we're clearing our own shadows, we're clearing our client's shadows from our bodies. We are continuing to do our own continuing education, we are studying in depth any issue that the client presents with. So if a client calls you up and says, um, I have the issue of vaginismus, you're gonna go online, you're gonna research it, you're gonna find out what it means and what are the possible uh, solutions for that. And if you're not equipped to handle it, then you're gonna refer them out. You are going to be so connected to source and self-sourcing. And what I mean by that is as a healer, and I'm going to get mystical now, even though I am partially a scientist and partially a mystic and a shaman, that the healer is so connected to source. They are so connected to their inner guidance, to the angelic realms, to the, the earth fairies or Mother Gaia or whatever they resonate with between heaven and earth for support as well as mentors within this life realm that they can perceive What is best to be done with the client at any given moment and that includes? stopping a session the minute that they see that the client is under any kind of distress or the client is uncomfortable in any way, and shifting gears, and shifting what they do. So this is a high level of operation, and I have seen Dakini's be able to operate in this way as long as they're continuing to do their own self-healing, which includes continued expansion of their third eye and their ability to connect to their inner wisdom and their guidance.
0: Thank you, very important element. Really very important element to have the whole connection with our wholeness in divinity. Um, So next question is reminding everyone who's watching because the more we repeat this, the more you're gonna get it. And sometimes the question will seem the same, but if we Covering many, many angles. So, the more we hear it, the more we get it. So, do you feel clients who are looking for sexual healing from sexual trauma enroll into a process of preparation and purging before experiencing sexual touch from a qualified practitioner?
1: Yes, and they can go to a practitioner like myself, um, an energy healer, a shaman. Um, a high-level clairvoyant energy healer, um, a shaman, a hypnotherapist, um, somebody who's really highly trained in counseling of sex and sexual trauma. Um, Not all psychologists have the awareness. In fact, I'm going to say most of them don't, Mm -hmm. unless they are sex therapists or they are psychologists who are trained in sex therapy, which – I believe it's really going to just be a sex therapist. Yeah. Um but they if they go to somebody like like me or which you know because I have all of those pieces, then they have they will do the initial work. Um but if they go directly to somebody who is a master at erotic pleasure and bringing forth an orgasm And they haven't done their own dive into their shadows and this practitioner cannot meet them in their shadow and support their healing as their shadow shows up in that session then they've gone too far too soon and they do need to do primary work first
0: yeah thank you Lourdes is confirming pretty much what we've been sharing in this series of conversations that are really important to have that Persian process first. I'm like a big um believer and you know, of preparation, preparing the person, Persian, Persian, preparing, providing you all the tools that you need. So, if something shows up, a trigger shows up, a shadow shows up, an archetype shows up, whatever shows up, you have something to work with if you're not working with your therapist at the moment. Because many times, uh, like you could say, um, you know, great things happen in a session, but a lot of the healing happens after the session. So if the person is not prepared and don't have tools when they go back home, they may not have us there with them, but it would provide them with the greatest uh, tools for them to properly address what is happening and what's coming up and until they come back to the next session. So it's so really, really important to have that preparation purging uh, part. So how can you tell uh, who is a qualified practitioner? How can we tell? If I'm looking for somebody uh, helping me in my sexual healing journey, how can I tell who's qualified and who's not?
1: I, I'm gonna go back to that last question if I may, just mm-hmm. to add one piece to that, and that is that a really high-level practitioner is going to leave the door open for a phone call or a text or an email if the client is in trouble. Mm-hmm. Because if if in our sessions, regardless of what type of healing we're doing, because this can happen in hypnosis with no sexual sexual touch or any sexual orientation, um, the client can sometimes have a, a body memory show up Um, going about their day and if they can call me or they can text me and say I am really hurting right now I'm 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 holding myself and I'm just shaking and rocking then I can support them in that moment on the phone to move through that and to have healing within that experience because healing comes with contraction and expansion yeah and sometimes something like that can happen And if they don't have a support system to be able to fall back on, if, as you said, something happens outside of the session, they are at their own, and they can choose to stop working, because it's too scary. And if you choose to stop working in the middle of where, it's kind of like the pimple is at a head, Mm -hmm. and if you come in for the next session, it's gonna burst open, or maybe it might even burst open on the telephone with some really powerful presence holding yeah. then um, the pimple is gonna get bigger and bigger and bigger and it's it's gonna have to then be surgically removed if they don't continue to come back for the healing yeah. so your question was how do you know you have a qualified practitioner did I get that right yep yeah. great so the first thing is look at their website and uh, or get referrals from other people because the, I understand there are some qualified practitioners out there who don't have a website Well, then I would definitely try to get testimonials referrals Ask the practitioner to give you the name and the phone number of people who have seen them who have been Had really great results with them, but I really do believe that a, a good solid website should be there if somebody is really operating at a high level and there should be testimonials on the website. The next thing is you'll have a conversation with them and you ask them, what are your credentials? Who have you studied with? Um, where did you get your training? And what? here's my issue, what would you do with this? So that you learn right away in a phone call what that practitioner is going to do with your issue. Can they really listen to you on the phone? Or do they have their own agenda? Mm -hmm. Do they cut you off when you are explaining your situation to tell you how great they are? They're probably not a very good listener or very empathic or able to hold space for you. So in that conversation, you're sort of gaining. Are they qualified? Do I resonate with them? Do I feel safe with them? Do I feel like they can hold me? So I feel like they can take me on this journey, and and are they, is my soul calling me, really, at the deepest level? Is my soul calling me to work with them? Not just am I excited because they're really good looking, and I think that they can take me on a neurotic journey, <laughs> but is my soul trusting them? Is the little voice inside of me that gets scared trusting them? Have other people trusted them? Have they gotten results? You can even ask them, what kind of results have you gotten in my specific type of case? Yeah. And how
0: about getting those results? Like one of the other um, speakers, um, Matthias was sharing, Like you got to interview the practitioner you're going to hire. You know, you got to truly interview them. That's what for me is important for anyone to fill up a very intense intake form and then get on the phone and see what happened like you really have to ask a lot of questions it's not just while well, we ask questions to you to help you but also question ask questions ask questions like this thing. so thank you for sharing that um so I'm just gonna go with a deeper insight I'm gonna be reading this to you guys um, because this is something that just shows up during these series of conversations and while we're still uh, collecting a lot of more questions from from our community and what we see in the forums and a lot of the people who are watching and not just um, viewers who are looking for practitioners or they just want to learn more about what sexual healing is, but also the majority uh, who are watching are practitioners themselves and who are doing this work and they just want to have more clarification. they want to see other people's perspective, uh, they just want to have more understanding. So I'm gonna be reading the deeper insight and then we're gonna dive into four questions that then uh, Lourdes will wrap it up uh, this uh, interview with. So finally these questions are to bring awareness to practitioners and teachers of sexual healing, dikenics, trainees and certifications of the many trainings and certifications I have personally participated in and I'm aware of from other colleagues who have taken all the training from Recognized Sacred Sexuality Schools, Genital Touch Massage and Deamarin is taught from the beginning of the certification training without proper pre-emotional psychological preparation of the training. we find the certification offered to anyone without pre-qualifications and screening. We have witnessed re-traumatization re-trauma happening because deep wound and emotional triggers come up to the surface and these are not properly addressed and supported with practical tools during training because of the lack of time. We have witnessed new practitioners that are doing healing work with genitals from the beginning of their practice because that is how it was taught to them and they have experienced their healing. While more experienced practitioners like the one we interview in here are continuing to discuss whether sexual touch may or may not be a part of the healing session it is not something that is offered in the first session it may take them over 10 sessions before they experience simple conscious touch in their body without genital touch should these schools offer certifications involving genital touch revaluate their curriculum and create pre-requirements for programs addressing emotional and psychological concepts and provide practical tools that can be offered in person online before the certification training. Should these schools offer support to their new practitioners after their training, create continuing education programs and provide resources for the students to keep a high level of professionalism and integrity in this field. Should schools create an accountability system to sustain the integrity of this practice? And finally, what can we as practitioners do to create uh, the safety container of healing for our clients? Oh, that's a lot of questions.
1: Uh, very in-depth, very good question. So in terms of starting out with the prerequisites or pre requirements or pre-screening, Uh, I'm going to speak from the... I have three training and certifications from three different schools. And one of them, I have three levels of certification. And I am running a school myself, along with my colleague, Kathleen Cienfuegos, who's from California and who comes from a completely different lineage. And it's one of the reasons that I invited her to co-create this training with me, Because we come from two very deep back, very different backgrounds, but very strong lineages, as well as we have a very high level of integrity and a way that we continue to develop ourselves as we continue to see clients. So in terms of pre-screening, when we uh, are bringing somebody into our training, we are doing our best to make sure that They are emotionally and psychologically and spiritually and sexually ready to begin this training. And we are also making sure that they are going to be comfortable allowing their shadows or their woundedness to show up in the training and to come to one of us if they need support within the training as well as to be able to open themselves up In the sharing circles that we have every morning for what is showing up in them so they can get support from the group as well as the teachers I was in a training with you and I'm not gonna mention who the trainer was where somebody was highly triggered now I'm not gonna say that it's only because she didn't get proper screening because she said she was actually working as a sexual healer and a sexual educator. But what happens is we have layers of wounding, like an onion. And somebody may have healed a certain layer, certain number of layers of wounding, and then they come into a training with high level colleagues, very high level teachers, and all of a sudden a deeper layer that they didn't even know was there, that might be even bigger, is gonna show up in the training for them. There's no way we could have pre-screened for them or prepared them for that. The most we can do is the same thing that I would do with a client, and that is really be present. That's one of the reasons there are two of us. I would never hold a big training like this by myself. Yeah. Because yeah. If, if I'm gonna step aside and hold space for this person, Kathleen needs to be holding the container for the rest of the group, or vice versa, because honestly, those things do show up in training, and it's part of the healing. It's really part of the healing to take that person to their next level. We are training priestesses and priests, and that's our specific training. And we're very well aware of that because we are teaching expansions into the shamanic realms, into other worlds, and bringing that wisdom back, whether it's the wisdom for the client themselves or the wisdom for the healer to be able to provide support for the client. In so doing, we are supporting our practitioners in the healing of their own personal wounds. So our training is divided into three categories, the healing of their own personal wounding. Second, interpersonal healing. How do you provide the best space and have all of these tools to offer your client so that you're coming from the standpoint of a counselor and a healer and also being able to do a limited level of timeline regression because we're not training hypnotherapists but we are training people in a very specific timeline regression and soul retrieval work and then the transpersonal which is the the collect the understanding of the collective unconscious the understanding of connection to source for themselves and the client and and it's multifaceted and multi-layered so we provide the highest level training possible we are training priests and priestesses we're not cloning ourselves we are providing them with tools to have radical self-care We're providing them with the understanding that they need to understand the mental, the emotional, the spiritual needs of their client. And we are also then watching them fly and offering continuing ed. We are offering them continuing ed, but we can't force them to do it. We offer them mentoring sessions at a much lower rate than we offer people who are non-graduates. We offer continuing education and we're offering, our first level two is coming up in November, which will be a deep, deeper dive into some of the things, as well as training on working with couples, couples counseling, and several other avenues of becoming a higher level counselor, tantra healer, energy healer, and um, shaman. So um, I believe that I asked answered most of of your question. I I don't think we can police. Uh, Now, what I will say is that um, if one of my graduates shows up in one of my classes, which somebody did recently, and I saw her inability to hold space for her partner, then I took her aside later on and I said to her, there is some showing up here that your shadows are showing up and that you aren't really, in this moment, able to hold space for your client. If that ever shows up in a client session or before, well, before a client session, I'm gonna ask you to cancel or reschedule that session if you can't show up 100% present and whole. If you are triggered within the session, I'm gonna offer that you take a time out and you take some deep breaths and you do a practice to support you in being able to be present and remind yourself that this is your client and you're not here to heal your own shadows. So, that's the most I can do. I can get feedback from people I referred them to, referred to them, and I can say how was your session because I do a lot of referring out into my graduates. And I can also ask my graduates, how was the session? And from what they tell me, if they trust me, I can glean where do they need a little more support? Where do they need a little more um uh, push in terms of getting the help that they need to go to a higher level. But I'm not going to be the Tantra police. And honestly, I really hope that there isn't going to be a Tantra police in the way that some schools are currently policed at too high of a level where it does not allow the creative genius or the wisdom of the practitioner to really come present in the session.
0: Yes, I totally agree with you with the aspect of having that genius um, creative aspect of self because that sexual energy itself, always always expanding, always growing, always uh, moving, always creating something new. And definitely appreciate your uh, input on, you know, when we are doing training, the high level of training, like deep stuff gonna show up. <laughs> so it's like it is really um it just it is what it is and it shows up and it is healed and it's addressed. I do believe that the integrity and the level of um, the the container, the safety of the container must always be integral and aligned with, you know, be be um, be safe for everyone, for everyone and and um and just powerful enough for everyone to really uh, take their own journey um, deeper within themselves and learn from the other person that just had the trigger or the shadow show up and uh, and bring it back to the mirror and be like okay what it is that that person is working on that may be reflecting something about me that I may need to work on and that's kind of like a high-level um, training process too so I love when I'm in in group like that where it's like the facilitators you know express that I really really appreciate that (laughs) so I appreciate you uh, Lourdes, for showing up today and for uh, staying up to this interview thank you Uh, and how everybody can uh, get in touch with you if they need to learn more about your work and how they can also receive help and your training program
1: sure so my website is www.tantrahealerflorida.com. My name is Lourdes Starshower. Uh, I have a Facebook page, Tantra Healer Florida. Our next training is July 15 to 21 in Southeast Florida in Stewart. And we still have a few openings and people can contact me. They can email me or they can call me directly. And on my website, if they put in their email address, they can actually receive a free video that talks about the energy component of high-level orgasm. And there are also some other free videos they can access on my website and, of course, through my YouTube channel. And uh, I'm here to serve. I can work nationally and internationally because of Skype, because I am able to provide... Um, Energy clearing, cord cutting, and uh, hypnotherapy, and all kinds of things, training, all kinds of things that you might not imagine that can be done through video sessions, but can be as well. And
0: they can also find your meetup group.
1: Yes, I have a meetup group called Sacred Tantra, Not Just for Couples, because the first question I always hear from people is, I don't have a partner, can I still study Tantra? And really education is a big part of it because the culture is so shut down. If I may say one more thing, there is just something that I found completely shocking. And that is one of my students called me last night and she said, she's a teacher in the school and what she's finding out in the cafeteria is the elementary school kids happily eat bananas. The upper middle school kids will not eat bananas, boys or girls, why? She's asked them because it's a phallic symbol. That's how shut down our culture is getting. So shut down that we feel that sex is so dirty and so wrong that we can't eat bananas. And so that's that's part of the healing, honestly. Not even cucumbers. Yeah,
0: that's right.
1: That's right, well said. What
0: about eggplant?
1: Oh that's
0: a whole nother oh gosh okay that's interesting though but thank you for sharing that I appreciate you so much thank you so thank you everyone for joining us today tuning in thank you Adi Adi show up enough enough uh, earlier and say hello brava for you throughout professionalism to both of us so that's great and also Tracy thank you for joining us uh, Tracy saying love you both and I am so looking forward to taking your course sometime, time so oh. that's Tracy right so Thank you. Thank you for joining us today so if you are more you're excited like me about learning more and and to get more clarity on what sexual healing is and what is not we have more amazing speakers in the next couple of days. We have, uh, Carolyn Tantra coming tomorrow on Tuesday. We have, uh, uh, Tiana coming on Wednesday and Thursday. We have, uh, Jane, I believe her, uh, her name is. Um, I'm so bad with names, everyone. Just, just for you to know. <laughs> but that's good because that keeps confidentiality very good. <laughs>
1: Yeah,
0: thank <laughs> so thank you, and join it. Uh, join it for the next uh, couple of days. We're gonna have awesome conversations, and I appreciate you loading this again. And if you want to know more about me, you can go to luciagavella dot And if you're in Florida, Sarasota, he area, you can come to New Net Holistic Center for emotional and sexual healing. So we'll see you next time. Take care.
1: Bye. Thank you.